morning, good afternoon, good evening. This is The Material Podcast, episode number 305. I am your host, Florence Ion. I am joined here by my co-host, who uh, is a little blurry right now on my screen, Andy Anako. Hi, Andy. Well, I switch from beer to like clear alcohol when I'm doing podcasts, mm-hmm. so it's possible that it's just like me who You're looks- fuzzy. Andy's fuzzy, so I'm deciding now it's going to be a bit on the show. Oh, you're back. You're back. Andy's like back. Yay. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. <sighs> Let's uh, breathe, everyone. Exactly. <sighs> Listen, everybody knows all I do is try to find meaning in the stars because <laughs> whatever. Leave me alone. It was today. This week was rough. This week was rough. The, the planetary alignments were a little off. Um, I have kind of been running behind on everything, uh, trying not to be sloppy, but I got a little sloppy this week, and yet I still managed to find time, (laughs) perhaps to my detriment, to switch phones. (laughs) I switched to Android phones this week. That'll simplify everything. I don't know why I decided to, like, add that on top of everything else. I think it's just, like, whenever I have a mountain of things to do, something just makes me want to add more to it. I don't know. Maybe, or, maybe it's the bounty of it that I, you know. Just- sometimes it's just uh, it's it's a good technique. There 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 are times where I'm just like absolutely in over my head in, in the middle of the day, and nothing's like I, I can't like I can't give up and for the day and pick it up tomorrow. I have to keep on plugging. And the only thing that really sets my head back right is to walk away from the keyboard. I will and I will I will do a a, a simple piece of routine maintenance on something. Usually right. I will usually I go into my bathtub, go in the bathroom, I will take mm-hmm. apart my sha- electric shaver, clean it, oil it, mm-hmm. put it back together and it's it's a way of telling myself that you see you are you you were able to start something, work on something, finish something. And so this whatever you're facing back in the office, it's probably also something that if you just, that you're capable of finishing or at least that's it gives really, me some breathing room. I am going to try adopting that because I feel like that's that's a really good way of putting it because the thing is so all right, what are you talking about flow? Um <laughs> I originally was going to be switching from the OnePlus 8 to the OnePlus 9. But um, now that I have this new job at Gizmodo, uh, I have to start writing about Android things a little more frequently than I was before. So I got in some new phones. Um, I have a review unit of the Pixel 5. I have a review unit of the Pixel 4a XL. And they are now going to be my test beds for whatever is coming up or just around the river bend from Google I.O. Google I.O. a couple of weeks, yep. Yeah, I mean, I have to really, I I looked at the calendar and I realized, oh my God, what am I doing? Like planning this thing. (laughs) I have this big developers conference. And then when we get to the news a little bit later in our show, you'll understand what we're going to be talking about um, is Google IO, I think is going to be a big, chunky, chunky show this year. Uh, Yes, it's virtual. It's all online. But, and so for that reason... I realized I kind of fell a little bit out of the Pixel slash Google way of things because I've been doing this OnePlus 8 since, uh, what, last July, summer, last last year in the summer is when I switched. It's been a really great experience. Uh, but the one thing that's really been bumming me out is just the overall camera quality. It's not necessarily that, like, I've, I've been perfectly fine with whatever I've been sharing with y'all on Instagram and on Twitter. But when it comes to just, like, the videos that I have for myself, yeah. the photos that I have for myself, 
the lighting, the um, the overall composition, something is missing from it. And I immediately remembered what it was that was missing when I started using the Pixel 5 to snap a couple of photos. And then I just kind of was like, darn it, because this <laughs> Pixel 5 is really small. I mean, so first of all, I'm just going to show Andy that Every time I get a phone in for review, I buy a cheap clear case. Uh, I usually get like Spigen, which is not cheap. I should say Spigen. They actually make really good affordable cases. They're about 10 bucks, which is in the realm of cheap. And I always get a pop socket because they're just fun. And so for, for this one, I got a Agritsuko So Busy oh, pop socket. Cute. Um, anyway, I just wanted to show Andy. But so yeah, I got this. I got the Pixel 5, and it's still in Android Auto mode. Let me exit out of that. And it's so tiny. It's so tiny. I'm showing Andy on yep. our little Skype screen. And now this is what I was carrying all this time, is this OnePlus 8 that's yeah. in my right hand. Um, it looks like and- a 6.5-inch phone. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a Pop-Tart. It's, a, it's not Whatever a- Whatever it was. Yeah. I got to tell you, I understand now this. So this is a thing that I wasn't doing and as I wasn't really flipping between phones enough to really I'm starting to understand more of like what every Android phone, like where it fits into the whole ecosystem. Let's just not think about fragmentation for a second. Let's not think about the problems that plague us, which we'll also get to a little later. Uh, Let's just think about the fact that when you buy a Pixel phone, you're getting it because you want that like. Uh, let's see. It's a picturesque sunny day in San Francisco. (laughs) There's a little bit of fog rolling off the coast right now. Uh, the ice cream cart is open. Everybody is a good mood. You have on a new pair of really comfortable shoes. Like that's the pixel five, right? You want the pictures from that day. The one plus phones are, I don't want to get out of bed today. I (laughs) just want to, um, play this game on my phone. Or I just want to binge watch Melrose Place. Like, that's what that big screen is for. And so now I'm back on the tiny little Pixel 5. And so we'll <laughs> see, like, we'll see what happens. Um, so, I'm so, concurrently. So it's, so it's not even the, the quality of the camera itself. It's the fact that it's a compact. It's a it's a camera-sized object that you can easily handle. No, it's, it's the camera. Okay, I mean, too. just... Yeah. Even the viewfinder, like when I use it with Snapchat, my the coloring of my face looks really good. Yeah. Um, it's it's just the way that I look is so much better <laughs> with the Pixel um than it is with the OnePlus. The OnePlus is really good at landscape features. Um, but I'm talking about the OnePlus eight. So what okay. I'm gonna do now is I've got a lot of SIM cards floating around here. So I'm going to put a SIM card in the OnePlus 9 and I'm going to test out that Hasselblad situation because (laughs) I gave the OnePlus 9 Pro to my husband to test for me and he's loving that Hasselblad. And I don't know what it is, but the pictures that he takes are always better than what I take with the OnePlus. And I don't know if it's just like his composition or Mm. if it's because I'm too hasty. I don't know, but these are all things that I'm aiming to figure out. Um, that, and that's, that's why, why I all this that, that's why I had uh, I, I stopped uh, like publishing like side by side by side comparisons of, of different know. cameras che- chiefly because uh, like I, I just uh, I think la- no last Fourth of July I uh, I took a mm-hmm. selfie uh, on this nice picturesque little bridge sort of thing that's within that's on my walking route and that was with my Pixel One 
And so mm-hmm. someone said, oh, that, wow, that's a really pretty, really pretty selfie. What do you take that with? And I said, oh, it's Pixel, Pixel 1. And I'm like, that's a Pixel? That's a first-generation Pixel? And I had to simply say, there, uh, there, there is uh, a, a merely competent camera uh, that takes a picture of a subject that's illuminated by like just the rising sun or just the setting sun will always beat out any camera taking the same picture under any other circumstance. And there, there's a lot of that. And if you're a hobbyist, like I am, you, I find myself just not even thinking about it. I'm like turning so that like the sun is at my back. I'm doing things that like are usually in like, here are eight essential tips for taking good pictures. Right. And so people, and, and, and then, I, then especially on Instagram, then I throw it into like Adobe Lightroom mobile. Right. And so it's like, Oh my God, I just, I'm going to, I'm going to, I thought I was going to buy a, buy a, a, a an iPhone 12, but now I'm going to see if I can buy a secondhand pixel one, because my God, it takes such great pictures. Say, like, yeah, if you, once again, take like eight different shots because you're still figuring out how to get the best angle at something and then spend like 15 or 20 minutes like when you get up, but you're not ready to get out of bed yet. Just like messing around with pictures you took yeah. the day before to get it exactly the way you like it. Well, now here's the other thing is I was looking through the Mona pictures and or the Mona videos, I should say, and they just I don't know what it was about them, but yeah, they just weren't. Yeah, I, yeah. I just. I don't know. We'll see what life is like with this Pixel 5. I'm also going to do some night shots with it um, against the OnePlus. I also kind of want to look at Pixel 4a XL. I'm going to put Android 12 beta on that. That's the one that's really going to be the one I'm messing around with and really digging into. So I'm excited. I'm excited. This is stuff that I like to do. I like to just tinker around Mm-hmm. Um and that's, that's and come up with yeah. story ideas. Yeah. <laughs> all I'm gonna do. So I'm excited. Um, this is good. This is good. <laughs> How are you, Andy? Are you uh, playing with any stuff? Any devices? What's your device life going? Well, like right I, now? I, I uh, my my Pixel Book has let me down yet again. Uh, we so, I, well, I, I, I mean, I told, we still I haven't you, fixed it. I, I told you last week that the left side of the keyboard just died for no reason, and. Actually, was, that was two weeks ago. Two weeks, so we've two weeks been, ago, yeah. right. And so, and then, like, the week after that, Apple announced uh, the new, like, 12.9-inch iPad right, Pro right. with M1 processor. And I'm like, well, I, I mean, the, I my Pixel book was a few years it. old anyway. <laughs> I, I can't, I, this, this is week. Okay, that's, that's fine. It's, it's okay. It's, I feel less bad that now this thing that I love is, like, not working correctly. And now it's uh, the pre-orders are going to open. It's Wednesday, it's Wednesday night as we speak. It's going to be pre-orders are going to open. I think at like eight a.m. Eastern time on Friday. And I've been I've got the money set aside. I've got like I know which one I'm going to get. And damn it, that for some reason it started working again. And that that was and that was after like the trackpad gave out too. So now the trackpad's working fine. The left side of the keyboard's working fine. And I and <laughs> let me tell you, I do, I did everything short of a power wash uh to 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 fix this and i don't know if the and there was an update that came that hit the thing uh uh, just last week so what i think might have happened and this is just uh just speculation i the the bane of my existence are all of these uh, uh, operating system updates whether it's for my phone whether it's for uh, a tablet whether it's for my desktop here where it downloads it it partially installs it. It sort of like gets it lined up on the runway and does just enough to like make something get screwed up. 
and I don't know what it is until I, until I, oh that's right it keeps asking me do you want to update to Big Sur eleven point three and as soon as I up and if it didn't if it didn't download anything to begin with automatically my machine would still be working perfectly fine under Big Sur eleven point two and would wait until I do the the full thing so maybe that was it that it tried to it it partially installed an update to get it ready so it downloaded it and prepared it for installation and doing so screwed up something in a device driver that made like the us the internal usb bus go go all quirky wait did um, you say big sir that is mac os big sir that's the name of the they, they named <sighs> they, they named their operating system i know i yeah. i just i'm kind of and, and anytime I, somebody mentions like an Apple adjacent thing, I kind of start to space out a little bit. I'm so sorry. No, no, it, it only it only came to mind That's because why I'm not I'm, on I'm, any of those shows. I'm, uh, I'm here. I'm here behind my Mac, and I gotten yet another pop up reminder that I've gotten for the past three days. Oh, Big Sur 11.3 is ready to install. Do you want to install it now? I'm saying, well, no. I'm sitting here. I, if I'm sitting here, it's not like because busy I'm looking. Right for, I, I'm because I'm doing something, and maybe anyway. So, anyway, so I'm, I'm still buying the iPad, but at least now I will still have the Pixel Book working. Okay, fine. all right. It was well, it was a good, it was a good idea last week when the Pixel Book was not working. It's still a good idea now that the Pixel Book is working. Yeah, I was a little bummed by the way today. Samsung had a, an event. Uh, yeah. Again, we're doing this Wednesday, but it was it was just Windows laptops, which is fine yeah. if you use Windows. But I kind of was hoping for something a little chromy. But who knows? I thought so too. I ha- I actually had like when I when I was preparing the show doc, like uh, when I opened it for the first time, like mm-hmm. two days ago. I'm like, okay, so Google's first quarter earnings calls that's going to be Act One, and Samsung Unpacked is going to be on Wednesday. So there's probably going to be something that's that's Google or Chrome related. So I'll make that Act Two. Like, okay, no, I guess we're just talking about Windows, aren't we? Okay, that's not interesting to me in any way, shape, yeah. or form. We can't put that in the show. Yeah. We're not talking about Windows, by the way. We are going to talk about Google's earnings call. Uh, lots of really good stuff in there. We're going to talk about one of my articles, which is really just I, I blogged about the the big article by the markup um, about the COVID-19 contact tracing. I write for a blog, okay? This is what I do. I blog. Um, we're also going but to- through, But through that unique and valuable Florence Ion lens. Exactly. Um, that's what I have somehow convinced people to pay me for. So <laughs> uh, we're also going to talk about the YouTube TV on Roku device debacle, which is like, oh my gosh. Um, and uh, that's going to explode into a rhubarb or a Donnybrook. I need to mention yeah, now. It's just, it. it is what it is. Uh, and then we are also going to uh, talk about, we're going to have a little after dinner mint so we can, we can you know, wait for that. You have to wait and see. I can't give it all away right now. I'll, I'll, we'll give you one hint. Okay. Took me a second. There you go. BRB. <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Pingdom from Solar Winds. Today's internet users expect a fast web experience. No matter how targeted your marketing content or how sleek your website is, they'll bounce if a page is loading too slowly. But with real user monitoring from Pingdom, you can discover how website performance affects your visitors' experience so you can take action before your business is impacted, all for as low as $10 a month. Whether your visitors are dispersed around the world or across browsers, devices, and platforms, Pingdom helps you identify bottlenecks, troubleshoot performance, and make informed optimizations. 
Real user monitoring is an event-based solution, so it's built for scalability. This means you can monitor millions of page views, not just sample data, at an affordable price. Get live site performance visibility today with real user monitoring from Pingdom. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. Then, when you're ready to buy, use the code MATERIAL at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. Our thanks to Pingdom from SolarWinds for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Surprise, surprise, surprising no one, the pandemic has been very good to Google. And why wouldn't it be? After all, all of us were relying on, uh, let's see, what did we have? Our Chrome browsers. We were checking our Gmails and probably our G Suites. We were taking meetings with Google Meets. We were conducting class with Google Classroom, uh, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, everybody. Binge watching illegally updated, uh, uploaded BBC reality programming on on YouTube. YouTube. Okay. Yep. That's right. Watching feuds on YouTube. That's what kept me going, (laughs) um, unfortunately, because there's a lot of garbage people still on youtube he Uh, thinks that his makeup line is all that i'm saying that it's even not any of it uh, and i dare him to have a response video to this that i could then react to side note i had a quick discussion with my cousin today about jeffree star and just how awful he's always been but anyway (laughs) back to what we were talking about which is that google had its first quarter earnings call it made a lot of money off of us while we were all (laughs) stuck inside bless him And the other thing I was going to say is that, of course, they made a lot of money off of us. All we did was ping their little ad network (laughs) looking for, like, what are the COVID symptoms? Where can I get tested for COVID? What do I do with this uh, depression that seems to be hanging over me and I don't feel like I have the will to live? Google, I I feel like a little bit at a loss right now and grasping for something tangible in my life. If you want to throw me some ads for some crap that I will just simply buy because it's 2 a.m. and I don't know what else to do with my life in in, in April, this yeah. would be a good time. And- At least give me some best restaurants near me. <laughs> At least. With some women-owned restaurants, too. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm taking this too far. Um, uh, where were we? Okay. So Google making Google money. Had a- Yes, they made a lot of money. Now, it's it's funny the way that things these things are positioned because it'll say things like, Google announced $55.3 billion in revenue for the quarter, and that's a 34% jump over last year. And notably, last year when we did quarter one results, we were doing it at the start of the pandemic. So things were really grim back then. Everybody was a little more hushed. But this year, this year, it's a little more on the uptick. Now, the company did, um, it did a really aggressive investment in its cloud business, Everybody's been sort of talking about that uh, in the Silicon Valley circles, but it's still lost. Now it lost 974 million, but that's down from the 1.7 billion that it <laughs> lost in the same quarter last year. So things are improving. Losses are not as the holes aren't as deep. They're only slightly. Investors, we're going to poke you in the eye with a stick, but it's a much softer and blunter stick than it was this time last year. Exactly. You're welcome. Um, I think what's in, and just to kind of piggyback on that thing I said about Silicon Valley, everybody talking about the cloud, revenue from the cloud is actually up 46%. So Google's making $4 billion off of that business alone. Um, That is wild. Yeah. That's a lot of money, a lot of pennies. 
Uh, now I didn't get to listen to this call, unfortunately, because, or fortunately, however you want to look at it, <laughs> if you're a fellow journalist listening in, I was on deadline. Um, you can see what I was writing on gizmodo.com, <laughs> but there are a lot of really good nuggets in the transcript. Uh, I think first and foremost, Sundar Pichai plugged next month's, uh, virtual Google IO. He said it will include significant product updates and announcements. So that's kind of on everybody's mind, but he said this after describing how Google's products and platforms continue to help countries and communities through the pandemic, uh, and that the product releases are returning to a regular cadence. So as expected, um, earlier today when we are recording the podcast, they announced that CES was coming back. So nature is healing. It's... (laughs) Like a, like a fire that goes through the wilderness, but then new growth c- occurs. There will be new trade shows that people don't want to go to, but they feel like they have to because I have a feeling is. I might have like residual depression maybe a year <laughs> after this because immediately they're going to toss us all back into the world <laughs> now that we're like getting vaccinated. That's what I'm worried about. Um, now, oh, okay. Now this is a really big one. Google Maps will receive more than 100 AI-powered enhancements this year, including a new indoor augmented reality feature for navigating inside airports and other inside spaces. I'd like to know if that means navigating at six feet apart, because (laughs) I I don't know how I'm going to do this world, being back-to-back with people again, shoulder-to-shoulder. Tomorrow, on Thursday, I get my second uh, second shot, so I'm uh, in the abstract, like all this year, Thinking that okay, probably sometime in April I'll be eligible to to get a vaccination. I'm like, oh, so maybe like second week in like May I can actually like even go to New York or go go visit Boston for the first time or have a have a di- go go to a diner and like instead of getting takeout eat and in, eat inside. And I'm like, but I don't I don't know what to. How does money work? Does do you still pay for things? Do you still like say how are you doing, or is that considered? Yeah, we're not a bartering. Question? We still say how you're doing. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest also still wearing a mask. So, uh, all right, back to this investor call. So Google News Showcase, which I thought is very interesting. Now, this is what Google's counting on to stave off complaints that it's killing the news business. It got a shout out. So, of course, pat on back. Look at what we're doing to help save journalism. Uh, Thank God it's not an NFT. He, (laughs) Pachai then hit the note of YouTube being more active about harmful content by talking about a new metric the company has been using. It's called the... (laughs) violate i didn't practice saying this out loud <laughs> so you're gonna you're gonna hear my english as a second language right here violative view rate is that violative view rate i would have gone with violative violative view rate, view rate. or v- I, we can call it vvr vvr we yeah can, we can be inside vvr okay it helps youtube estimate what percentage of views on the service come from content that violates their policies which is I need to hear more about this. So basically, Sundar said that thanks in part to investments in machine learning, of course, the (laughs) volative view rate, volative, violative, violative view rate in Q4 of 2020 was between 16 and 18 views out of every 10,000. And this is now down over 70% compared to the same quarter in 2017. God. So much bad stuff on YouTube. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's just like, how do you talk about your problem child? Like, the, YouTube is Google's problem child. And so, like, yeah. 
Sundar talking about, and I apologize to anybody who might be relating to this because God knows it could be me someday with Mona, but it feels like Sundar's talking about a problem child. Like, here's what we're doing to rehabilitate the kid. Here's like how we're helping, you know, him to be on the path to success. And he's getting more happy face stickers than sad face ones, but there's still <laughs> sad face stickers at least five days out of the month. Yeah. Folks, I- there's still sad face <laughs> stickers. We want 30 days of happy. Happy faces, as, not but 25. As, as any elementary school teacher would, <laughs> would 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 caution, we 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 praise the improvement. If if we're if we're not necessarily happy that he or she is a C minus student, he right. he or she used to be a D plus student. Let's let's praise that. Um, by the way, while you, while you're talking, I did check. Uh, violative is correct, or you could also go violative. Uh, at, I was surprised to find that is, in fact, a real word. It's not like something that they made up. It is the it, thing is, it sounds so close to a word that I would say in Romanian, and so my, I was my tongue ah, was twisting on it. Again, that's where I say the whole ESL thing comes in. Uh, but, you, but you can imagine them like talking to the staff. I, I do believe that Google is uh, and YouTube are. Are actively uh, interested in cleaning up YouTube. They, I mean, this they is don't, they very don't like creative it. wording for them How, to however, use something like this. Yeah, but I, I also imagined them a few years ago, like the first time they, they mentioned this actually being being calculated. That we, look, we need some sort of a, a statistic so that. At some point in the future, we can say this number, which is represents a bad right. thing, used to be high and now it's lower. Yep. We have to do that. So I don't care. It's, it's like the phony baloney, like baseball statistics, where it's like uh, confederated uh, bats on base <laughs> slash alternative. Oh, I mean, okay, fine. He strikes out every six out of uh, of seven at bats, but his ADA four four one is through the freaking roof, and that's why he gets five million dollars a season. You should go see a baseball game after you get vaccinated. <sighs> I should, but now I, I'm I'm riffer. I, I I think we all have like two months in which like all the places that would consider me riffraff would like, thank God, a, a customer, please come in, come in. And before now they're, 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 oh, for heaven's sake. Well, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's an unpainted bench unprotected by shade a mile away from the diamond that we will allow you to buy a ticket to. Uh, anyway, Sundar, you know, other little tidbits is that again, Sundar did a lot of talking about the bet on the cloud and just how successful Google has been on that. But he didn't have much to say about other bets, quote unquote, uh, just kind of a nod towards Waymo beginning limited employee testing in San Francisco and Alphabet's new medical bets entering clinical testing for a bunch of drugs. So that's I would like to know about more of that at another time because that, you know, to me, when you're talking about medical stuff, when you're talking about those other bets are could be huge. Yeah. So I would like to remember that that's the that that, the the other bets are the category of of projects and, and companies where it's the coyote hanging off like a tiny, tiny twig of a branch on the side of a cliff where if it doesn't like become profitable or show a path to profitability very soon, it's going to. Yeah. Poof. Yeah. Because again, this branch. is an investor call. Like, yeah, right. we're getting stuff out of it as journalists and, yeah. and people a, and consumers it, listening. These, in, these, these are always interesting because uh, it's it's one of the 
probably the only time it's the the only time unless they've been uh, they've 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 been sworn in to testify in front of a senate subcommittee where a ceo is forced to everything they have to they say during this earnings call has to be provably true or else there are big bad consequences so the things they and also it's a, it's a it's not it's like a keynote only without the razzle dazzle it's like well, i'm trying to convince people who are who are about to like load load the money cannon or right. unload the money cannon convince them that we're doing great we have a plan so what they choose to say during these few minutes that they're the ceo and a couple of vps are talking is usually interesting they're probably not going to be a breathtaking announcement of something new you didn't know about but it does show that when they do when they spend so much time talking about the cloud it means that they are very very confident very that this is this is the rocket ship that's going to take them into a higher orbit yeah, I mean, and it makes sense. Um, now, Sundar did have some closing remarks. One of them was not don't be evil. Uh, <laughs> but he did lay out the four big themes that are going to continue to guide Google, including building and providing the most helpful products and services, continuing to earn the trust of our users by investing in high quality information and keeping users' data safe and private, strong execution as a company, particularly as Google starts to reopen its offices, Okay, investors probably want to know that. <laughs> and building sustainable value in our in uh, Google's business and for Google's partners. So once again, money talks and it talks <laughs> loud. So, yep, yeah. not not a bad year. Apple Apple seemed to have had a better one, but that's, I know I was going to say we're not going to compare their their, their earnings. But the thing today. is, Apple and Google both made a lot of money off of us because of this pandemic. Yeah. It makes sense, but it just goes to show you who made out in this p- pandemic and who suffered. Um, right. And, you know, uh, once again, I guess here's another argument for somebody to come in and say, look, guys, big companies are great. <laughs> yep. Anyway, we're not going to turn that into this. Instead, we're going to take a quick little break. And when we come back, we'll talk about the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Material is brought to you by Clockwise from Relay FM. If you like this show, there's a good chance you'll like Clockwise. You're busy. You don't have loads of time to catch up on everything that happens in tech every week. Clockwise is a weekly roundtable, covers four topics in tech in 30 minutes. Join hosts Dan Morin and Micah Sargent each Wednesday as they welcome two special guests from a diverse pool of tech pundits, writers, podcasters, developers, and more to talk tech. Whether it be what's going on this week or timeless tech questions, it's never the same show twice. Okay, well, personal experience block. Oh, boy, do I love this show. Uh, first of all, I love the hosts. I've known Dan Morin, uh, uh, gosh, almost as long as I've known Jason Snell. And Jason Snell taught me how to boldface things in HTML. Uh, Micah Sargent, I got to know uh, through our work together in uh, on Twit. Uh, they're just such great hosts together. They have they have great like podcast host minds, and also they have really great opinions about technology. And Clockwise is such a great format. It's um, I, I, I don't want to. I'm tempted to say it's inspirational, but it's it's such a simple concept. It's literally it's like four people, four tech topics, thirty minutes. It's the the clock is running. I've I've done this show a few times, and it's like being on a game show. Like you can you can tell that I kind of like like to talk. If you've been listening to this podcast, it's uh, it's it's fun to do podcasts where you're just having an open conversation. 
but as a, as a fan of this show, or excuse me, as a listener, being presumptuous, as a listener of this show, you realize that it it took us a while to sort of think about. Well, you know what? If we're doing this all the time, we're doing like ninety minute episodes. We could probably get it down under an hour if we're a little bit bit more disciplined. And we like that because it lets us talk about whatever we, we want to talk about. And so, like in this episode, we took a couple of diversions about because <laughs> because of you know coronavirus and getting inoculated and stuff like that. But with Clockwise, you have four people on a panel on four different topics. And I'm just like, I'm almost like gripping the sides of the desk. <laughs> it's like, uh, uh, what is the, what is the Iger sanction? Like uh, 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 1492. It's because you have to be very, very focused. You have to really think hard about what you want to say and choose every word perfectly. And also make sure you're not talking over everybody else. It is, it, it is like water ballet almost uh, the way that four people talk about four really complicated topics, interesting topics under a short amount of time. Uh, so it's really something to listen to. It's it's not the sort of thing where you're kind of in for a long haul. It's something that you can add to your podcast list and know that uh, it's it's one of your it's going to be one of your go tos because you know it's going to be lots of content, very short amount of time, a lot of protein, uh, very very little fat and filler. Uh, great, great stuff. I really, really enjoyed it. It kind of reminded me that I haven't been on the show in a few months and I need to sort of email Dan and say, hi, Dan, can I be back on Clockwise again? Because I'm kind of missed doing it. Okay, so let's go. Uh, oh, uh, I, I, I did actually highlight something. Uh, the, I, the, I haven't been on in a few months, uh, but uh, Flo was on recently, uh, episode number 383 called Opacity of Technology, uh, talking a lot about uh, Google employees' attempts to unionize. That was one of the four topics. Uh, and so I'm, uh, Flo is great anywhere you, you can get her. Uh, and uh, clockwise, you, you, you get her in a condensed uh great cross-talking form. It's, it's really terrific. Now we'll go back to the prepared ad read. Previous topics have included the opacity of technology, Twitter's new fact-checking system, Google employees attempts to unionize. There you go. Tech that everybody wants re- resurrected. Clockwise covers topics from across the tech spectrum, from the moves of the biggest players in tech to the news you might have missed. You can catch the live stream every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific or subscribe and never miss an episode. I recommend that highly. Go to relay.fm slash clockwise or search for clockwise whenever you get your <laughs> wherever you get your podcasts. Yes, I'm aware of the I'm aware of the irony that I just made this ad read super, super long on the one podcast that prides itself on being 30, 30 minutes and tight as hell. You don't have to point that out to me. I get it. Maybe that's why I haven't been invited back in a few months. But I'll talk to Dan about it. Anyway, back to the show. I hate when this happens. The thing we were afraid of happening totally happened. <laughs> yeah, and the people and the people who are like less informed that say, "Oh, oh this is going to happen. This is going to happen." You have to explain to them that this, this is not going to happen, or excuse me, it's unlikely to happen because they put in lots of safeguards. Plus, Apple and Google—they're two very big companies that know what they're doing and they know the importance of this thing that they're building together in an unprecedented way. And it turns out that we were only half right about that. Yeah. So remember when we first told you all about COVID nineteen contact tracing, and we—I mean, me and Andy—we had a discussion on this podcast about how we were a little dubious 
I, I feel like I distinctly remember saying that I felt a little dubious about how rushed this was because yeah. it just felt like we had en- just entered lockdown. Everything was super uncertain. We had no idea what was going on. And all of a sudden there was this new framework that was just enabled on iOS and Android. And to I think tra- the to I- trace to trace who you have been close by over an extended period of time so that if you have been mm-hmm. exposed to somebody who has COVID, you can be alerted or the the medical yeah. committee can be alerted to that presence. But still, that's exactly the dystopian thing that everybody thinks that Google and Apple and Facebook uh, are up to and want when it's really only Facebook of the three that wants that. Right. <laughs> so I... As I, you know, look, I'm going to put my link in the show notes. I'd really appreciate it if you go (laughs) read my blog. But I did write about the fact that COVID-19 contact tracing on Android was actually not so private. So the markup actually broke the story this week, themarkup.org. And we're going to, I'm going to link to that too in the show notes. And what they found is that Android's COVID contact tracing apps actually had a serious flaw that allowed some third-party apps to actually look at that uh, logged data that was stored on the system. Um, I'm just kind of breaking it yeah. down in layman's terms. There, there's here. no there's no evidence that any any apps actually did so, but it was it was storing this data in a place where another app could conceivably just read it without having system to do anything logs. special. Yep. And so the reason this was available is because when you are dealing with manufacturers like Samsung and Motorola who are putting their own little apps onto uh, you know, their their phones with the Android system on it, Android allows those manufacturers to have access to the system logs so they can, you know, look for crash reports, bug reports, blah, 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 all that stuff. And so that stuff was exposed. <laughs> the COVID 19 contact tracing, what was actually exposed were things like Mac addresses of the Bluetooth pings. So when it was basically what was happening is when you enable it, the Bluetooth is like constantly pinging. And then if you, I guess, upload your data to the public health, whatever public health that is linked to this ability, that Anyway, there there was a there was a system where to maintain privacy, the identifier that your phone would ping out would rotate every fifteen minutes, Thank so you. it was never the same identifier. <laughs> I totally and, wrote this, and then I couldn't explain it. <laughs> and so, and the and only like a, a recognized uh, medical, like a, a, a government or a county medical authority, had like the technology for turning these turning this data into okay, it's this. We don't know the identity of this person, but we sure, can send yeah. to that phone this report that you have. We we're not going we can't tell you who who it was because we don't know who it was but we can tell you that you were you were within proximity for a length of time with somebody who later on tested for tested right. positive for covid so that that's great they put a lot of thought into that but when it came into well let's just dump some of this data that we're using into this or we'll let this leak into the system logs where other system apps that we've like 400 of them the 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 markup uh, mentioned uh, have access to this play okay maybe that was that that's real step on a rake sort of stuff yeah that was the thing Unforced so error. app census was one of the uh mobile or mobile security firms they're this third-party security researcher firm and they had basically said that all google needed to do was fix a little line of code that wouldn't expose the things like mac address it also exposed the device name which is the thing that you get through bluetooth um and those aren't necessarily like immediately identifying but they could be um 
App Census also said that they reached out to Google, and that was the thing that really got mentioned in the markup article, was that Google apparently kind of brushed it off. What App Census had done is they had uh, – Basically, they submitted it to Google through their bounty bug program. Everybody, you know, those of you who are developers are listening and you know that like it, you know, you can basically crack a hack <laughs> and let Google know about it and they'll give you some money, right? They want you to help them out. Um, they can't always do that. They're doing a bunch of other things. But instead of giving money to AppSense or saying, hey, thanks for pointing that out, they just sort of brushed it off. Then when the markup went back to Google to ask for um, a follow-up on the reporting that they had done on this particular issue. Google said, we were aware of this thing, but to our knowledge, nobody has accessed it. Nobody being Samsung, Motorola, any of those companies had access to it. It's um, it's not a good look. <laughs> it's not a good look for Android. And one of the things that I put in my article was that this feels like a case of too many cooks in the kitchen. This is just something that happens in Android land but it kind of smears the experience for all of us. Because here's yet another thing. This flaw was not found in iOS because iOS is not sharing anything with anybody but its own self. Yeah. It's all self-contained. Android is not. It's an open source operating system. And in order for Google to keep doing all the licensing and everything that it does, it has to allow some access to those manufacturers using the OS. <sighs> Once again, not a good look. Yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it, this seems like a look. mistake that an independent developer might make. But when you sure. own the when you write the entire operating system yourself, when you're familiar with this big galaxy, no pun intended, of hardware manufacturers that are all using Android and the things that Android does to accommodate all of them, it seems as though, yeah, again, like the Google just stepped on a rake here. This is a, this is not a mistake that they couldn't have forced they, they couldn't have foreseen yeah. it's like i think the quote from uh, joel reardon who uh, uh co-founder of the company that discovered this said uh it's such an obvious fix and i was flabbergasted that it wasn't seen as that you know yeah i think i don't know what it was about this whole thing but uh, the thing about it is to actually get use of this tracing feature you need to have an app that accesses it so in california we have ca notify California Notify. And you have to actually verify that you want to share like your COVID test results if you uh, if you test positive and you want to submit it to like the public database, which is great. So on the surface, everything was working as it should. It was just this one little thing that was already built in that nobody really went after. And that, again, is what's sort of smearing the whole experience because it's something that was already built in. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, you know... Um, and, and you're absolutely right. This is it's, it's not just a, about like, oh, God, you're giving Android a bad name when this is exactly the sort of thing that people complain about. But also we have we have people who if if once they have been told that, by the way, we now have a vaccine that is more than 95 exactly. percent effective. And exactly. it's completely free. Even if you don't have insurance, all you do is you show you 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 fill out a form on a website. They will give you an appointment to show up, and they will give this to you absolutely free, and will protect you from being killed by this this communicable disease. That even if you survive it, will create life altering mm -hmm. consequences. And they're saying, "I I'm not playing that game. I know that this is a psyop. I'm not yeah. falling for like all the exactly. other sheeple." So when you give those people like oh you see a then a, a journalist they're, they're all not all journalists are, are communists because one of them outed google because they're actually tracking people with this so-called private tracking okay thank you very much 
Yeah, I will say that I tried to find out some information because Google said that they had pushed an update through that eliminated this little uh, security flaw. But I can't find any info on like what the build number would be if it was a security patch. I tried to follow up and ask too because I wanted to get some additional information for my readers and my listeners because I try to add a little bit out there. But I got nothing, unfortunately. So uh, if I do find out something, though, obviously. I'll let I'll shout it from the rooftops. See, that's that's why Florence Ion is a trusted name. I know that Ion, <laughs> you'd capitalize the I, but if it were a lowercase I, everybody, you would be assured that, that I would be dotted. Thank you. <laughs> um, for the record, I lowercase the F when I do my signature because it's just way easier to do in cursive. In case anybody <laughs> was curious about that. Okay, uh, another little news bit. Now, this is something that we're not. Nobody is entirely sure what's going on. We just know that people with Roku devices and TVs are pissed. So YouTube TV on Roku devices seems to be kind of in jeopardy as Google and Roku are currently in a bit of a lover spat. That's a, I that's a say, good, they're not that's lovers, a but I want to say they're lovers spat because I want us to bring that sort of air of drama to it. Let's be a little soapy about this. No, no, you're 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 absolutely on. Let's be uh, a little. Susan you're absolutely Lucci. right there. It's I, I feel as though reading about all this and all the discrepancies between like the sides of it, it's kind of like if you're in a hotel room or like an apartment building and you know that there's a loud argument happening next Mm -hmm. door, but you Mm -hmm. can't make out what's being said, but you know that they're arguing over something like this is, this is what's happening there. They, they seem to be very worked up about something and we won't know exactly what the truth is for a while yet or the outcome. Uh, But I, it kind of makes sense from like a layman's perspective, which is that YouTube TV, it's up for renewal and the negotiations aren't going so well. So Roku actually sent an email to its customers warning everybody that YouTube TV might soon disappear from their screens. And they basically tossed the blame on Google. The email says that negotiations have broken down, quote, because Roku cannot accept Google's unfair terms as we believe they could harm our users, unquote. And then the email goes on to call Google's demands, quote, unfair and anti-competitive, quote, which would directly, (laughs) just quote the whole damn thing, directly (laughs) harm streamers. (laughs) They're saying people who want to stream, not YouTube streamers. We're not talking about that in this episode. We don't care care if Logan Paul suffers. We're we're actually going to go sign up for that pay-per-view uh, whether he's bo- gets boxed by this, that dude. I've been following that, by the way. We talk about that offline because this it, what's happening. <laughs> God, freaking. Anyway, sorry. We got to do a whole bonus episode just about the <laughs> the Hollywood that YouTube has spawned. Because <sighs> anyway, okay. So Roku claimed. I can't back possibly Roku. get hurt. I've got I've got eighteen million <laughs> followers on YouTube. <laughs> Bam. So Roku is claiming that Google is demanding unique and preferential treatment for YouTube TV over other streaming channels. They're demanding things like a dedicated row for YouTube search results within the Roku TV interface. I could see that. Giving preferential visibility YouTube content within search results, even to the extent of blocking results from other streaming services while the user is in YouTube app. Uh, preferential treatment for YouTube music results, ha ha ha, through <laughs> Roku search feature, even if the user has set Spotify as their default music service. I'm making a face. Even a requirement that Roku devices use specific expensive chipsets, which would drive the costs of Roku hardware up and thus make it price less competitive against the Google Chromecast. Yikes. That's, um, that's a very serious <laughs> allegation. That's 
What one would hope that they could furnish like transcripts and or emails demonstrating that yes, they are saying no, you don't get YouTube unless you essentially increase the price of all of your Roku products until they're no longer forty nine ninety five. This is absolutely, by the way, the kind of demands that you would see in a soap opera, <laughs> right? Right. If if you don't go do this, I will take the company from underneath your nose. I mean, I literally just watched this arc on on Melrose Place episode the other day. (laughs) Now, a spokesperson for YouTube TV responded to these public allegations, uh, in essence saying that Roku's people are a bunch of whiny women. (laughs) I don't know why I said whiny women. (laughs) Andy, by the way, put whiny babies in the notes. I put whiny women, and I'm going to stick with that because I'm a woman and I'm allowed to call us whiny. Indeed. (laughs) So specifically, the spokesperson said, Unfortunately, Roku often engages in these types of tactics in their negotiations. <laughs> that harlot, she just put on her lingerie and went and stole my man. Which is the point of that they chose to make basis claims while we continue our ongoing negotiations. Yeah, see, this this is the this is the person in the the, the one of those Real Housewives casts that they realize that they're they're playing the game at a much higher level. They realize that whereas like the other like four housewives who are at the like rose branded Orla party for one of them is like things I'll get I'll get like all the attention in the edit if I scream and stick my finger in in in, in Josephine's face. Josephine knows that all I have to do is just sort of like stand here in my beautiful dress holding like my glass of white wine because I am not drinking that trash rosé and be absolutely silent as though I am dealing with a little child that is simply having a tantrum and I have to wait for them to lose their breath and collapse upon the floor. That's that's exactly the sort of condescending attitude that I read that that statement in. Well, we don't know what's really going on, what the drama really is, because negotiations remain at a stalemate and nobody knows if YouTube TV will continue on Roku or not. Mm. Must be fun being a Roku user right now. I would be incensed by this. I don't necessarily, I do wonder about the preferential visibility. I do wonder about that stuff. I do wonder how pushy Google would be in all of this because it feels like that would be a really risky move. And this is my opinion. I'm not a business person, but it feels like it would be a risky move to say, you need to push this, you know, on top of everything else you do, like I, I don't know. It just doesn't seem right. But yeah. I could also see the, you know, trying to put Roku in a position where it's not such a competition to the new crop of Chromecast devices that are coming through. Yeah. Also, um, there's only one YouTube, uh, and that's a valuable, valuable thing to have on your platform. I get it, and so. But the thing is, Roku's market share as of January is 38% in the United States, 31% in Canada. Uh, Google's not quite that. So perhaps they're going to, they're, uh, Roku is more valuable to YouTube than YouTube is to Roku. I mean, they, they both need each other, but this is, Roku must feel as though, okay, if we, particularly if we are in a position where we can say, here is what Google demanded of us. And this time, because negotiations have completely collapsed, we will share these emails or we will share uh, documentary evidence of what they were demanding if we have the legal right to do so uh, to make sure that Google has the Google has the pressure uh, and is going to get the the attention 
uh, of regulatory agencies saying that perhaps you right. should give us a good, a better deal for. Uh, I mean, Roku is saying as part of their statement that look, we're not asking for more money, we're not asking for more anything, we're just asking for Google not to like be such jerks about like trying to dominate our whole platform. Plus, you know what? Roku is super smart because what they did is they know that a lot of their stuff is driven. It's kind of fan fan ish. Like they have a little bit of a fan following. And I think it's because they're kind of remain as one of like the little underdogs in streaming, you know. Uh, and I think people like that about them. And so they immediately went to their users and they said, look, 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 look what this big, bad, mean bully is <laughs> dueling to us. Like, go get them, uh, which I think is a, honestly very smart. That's how you that's how you do this consumer gadget thing. Because everybody is a fan in in 2021. So you might as well rile up your fans. Now imagine what happens if this gets out and people are like It's like it's it's like the users are like like kids of kids like in a divorced household. I know, which like, is terrible. Sorry, sorry pudding. I I you know that I was all ready to buy you that PS5, but your mother doesn't want you to have it, so I guess my hands are tied. That's such a Homer Simpson move, by the way. <laughs> All right, let's uh, take another quick little break. And then when we get back, our little mint. Yay. Okay, Andy, this is your cool trick. So I kind of feel like you, I didn't even tell you that you were going to do this, but I feel like you should tell okay. us about this cool trick that you figured out. Because I'm, I'm very pleased about this because yeah. it's the, you, you just like you're at the mercy of these trillion dollar technological corporations. <laughs> yes. And sometimes you just want just a little crumb, a little sign that says that this trillion dollar corporation knows what it's like to live my life and where some of my sources of pain come from. And there's there how many times have like I been on an airplane or somewhere without Internet access, but mostly on an airplane and I'm bored out of my mind because something went wrong and I'm looking at I, I can launch like the Google Play Store apps. Oh, God, I wish I downloaded a game or something before I did this before I boarded. But now I'm stuck like for five hours having to read like the in-flight catalog. Well, what I did not know until last week was that both the Google Play Store and the Google Play Games app, they Same. both have built-in games that only Try appear when you, uh, when you have no connection to the internet on your phone. Okay. So if you put your phone into airplane mode mm -hmm. uh, and then like open up either of these apps and uh, tap for notifications and offers, you will it will expose on the Google Play Store app, it has uh, three games, Hot Air Balloon, Snake, and Solitaire. Um, the Google Play Games app has like the the motherload. It has Cricket, Minesweeper, Pac-Man, not like Pickle Man, like actual trademark Pac-Man, Snake, Solitaire, and Whirlybird. I, so Cricket and Pac-Man have been my like. Is it? It's it, even if you're like on a, even if you're like at home, even if you're like waiting for a bus mm -hmm. uh, or you're you're in a car trip. The fact that it forces you to turn off connection to the internet and say i'm i'm not even going to be bothered by twitter i'm going to be focusing on my pac-man patterns and, uh -oh. and, and and eating these ghosts i'm, I'm like, playing snake i'm playing snake it's not as good as the original nokia game you know <laughs> but uh that's that's a good thing to know because oh my god back in the day when i used to travel more for work there have been a couple times where i would be on the plane and i would have nothing to do there have been a couple times where i would just stare straight ahead for an hour because i just 
Yeah. I, I just had nothing to do. Um, or times where there, one, one of the Amtrak stations that I uh, I used to use all the time, I now sometimes only use it, now only have to use well, occasionally. It is a, it is like the only absolute dead zone for right. for my network like in in the entire state of massachusetts it's just, it's like it's like it's inside a faraday cage or something and mm-hmm. if i now that now that i know that okay even if i even if i was counting on being able to like uh, connect to connect to mobile wi-fi and read stuff read comic books or something i can at least play cricket on my on my phone i, I don't i don't have to be alone with my thoughts where bad things happen so i was just thinking because you mentioned the faraday cage and I was thinking very quickly about all the times I've been in a Faraday cage, which, by the way, we're tech journalists. So yes. it's it's a thing that, that it's happens. Not, it's not a kinky thing. It's, you know. No, yeah. It, it it's often a thing. Hey, come check out this device. <laughs> uh, but but I will say, so the uh, Orthodox monastery, the monastery where I go uh, to do my, my spiritual Orthodox things, the Wi-Fi there is terrible and the cellular connection is scrambled because they wanted to keep it like kind of a holy place. So now if you go to church and they built the church inside of a Faraday cage, you can still use your phone so that you don't have to (laughs) listen to that. You might might want to mute the speaker. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just imagining some little, yeah, some little kid in the pew is just like, will not stop squirming. Maybe I'll maybe I'll, I'll know that I'll know this trick for Mona. She won't stop squirming in the pews. Like Mona, here, just play, play snake. Just oh, I, quiet. I I have a I have a much better idea, which yes. uh, I will I will propose. You you may take this or leave this. Use the fact that she's squirming and making noise to take her out of the church, where you yourself can get access once again to mobile broadband. And even like eight minutes after she's settled down, you only come back in when you've caught up on Instagram and your your, your Pokemon Go and your that stuff. Uh, I a lot of churches are Poke Stops, by the way. <laughs> just, just a thing I've noticed since I started playing Pokemon Go. Um, gosh, well. Yeah. By the way, you just brought me back to being like a little kid, and I don't know why, but my parents would just let me roam around the outside church with no. Just I would just roam off oh. while everybody was inside worshiping God. Nope so. I've, I, <laughs> I I don't care how young I was. Like nobody if, if was I, watching if me. I, if I was old enough to kneel, I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was old enough to like like uh I'm just gonna bite like the back well, see, of the pew in, in Romanian, front of me because I'm so in bored. Romanian communities, it's like I'd I'd rather you not embarrass me in front of like all these people in the right. community right now. So just leave. Just go away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay, I think this signals the end of the podcast. Perhaps, yes. Um, before we go, before we start saying our goodbyes, I just want to remind everybody that we do bonus episodes here for members only on the Relay FM network. So if you want to find out about those bonus episodes, you go to relay.fm slash memberships, membership or memberships, one of those. Um, and <laughs> that's where you can find out about how to become a monthly uh, subscribing member. You get all sorts of perks for supporting us here on the network. Not only do you support us here at Material, but you support uh, the other wonderful people that we share this podcast uh, co-op with. So uh, thank you to our Relay FM uh, gods. <laughs> <laughs> I meant to say You're making it sound pod- like a cult. I meant to We're say podfathers. <laughs> I meant to say podfathers and then gods came out. So we're, we're, Mike we're, and Steven, we're, 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 I hope you're listening to this. 
we're, we're more like a commune really, but one of those good communes where like they actually figured, Oh, well obviously we're not just gonna like go to this farm and we're all going to like play flutes and like make our battalion. So we're, we're right. going to like actually have to like wear flower crowns. We're, we're going to have to, we're going to have to dig an irrigation what? system and plant yeah. and like grow crops and like sustain ourselves. That's the sort of thing that really FF. So we, uh, we, we will play the flutes and our guitars like after the work is done, but we're, we're not like just say, oh, dad, you were right. It sticks here. And, and like, I, you have to walk to the Burger King and now I'm kind of out of money and nobody knows how to like fix the, there's an outhouse, but no one wants to use it. Can I come home? Please become a member of our show. Please, please. Yes. <laughs> um, also very quickly before we go, got my book, Andy, you're going to start reading it this week. So for those, if you become a member you not only will have access to our last bonus episode that we just put out and one that's coming up soon, but you will also have access to the book club that we're doing, I think in June, for the book, Your Computer is on Fire. So that mm. was published. It's published by MIT Press. Uh, go check it out. Collection Give of it essays edited Google. by Thomas L. Mullaney. Thomas Benjamin S. Mullaney. S., sorry, S. Mullaney. Benjamin, Benjamin Peters, Peters Mar-, Mar Hicks. And Kavita Phillip. So a lot of really uh, wonderful people. I'm going to start digging into this tonight. Andy, what are you up to this week? Uh, You did radio. Yep. I actually uh, did my Friday show uh, this morning uh, on WGBHnews.org. You can be able to, you'll probably be able to stream it by the time you get this episode. Because I am getting my second COVID shot tomorrow on Thursday. Yay, I'm getting my first. Yay! Yay! I thought, and because I thought that, well, there's a chance I'll feel like garbage on Friday, so perhaps I should schedule this like super, super early, which is work, which worked out great. But now, like uh, Wednesday is supposed to be the day that I get like 150 percent of like right. my work done. Like ever, ever for like 20 years, it's always been Wednesday is the day I do nothing but like rise early, start hit the ground running, and work until 2 a.m. and get most of the week's work probably done. And the brain is saying, hey, wow, it's 1.30 and we've just done NPR. That means it's Friday afternoon School's and there's probably nothing to do. And, and hey, we're going to get – it's summer. it's pizza night. So what kind of pizza are we going to order tonight? And I have to say, no, no brain, we're, there's, a, there's, a, there's a chicken there, – there's a, a, a Caesar salad uh, in the fridge that we're going to have a salad for School's dinner tonight. No pizza. Can I, can I can I say that one of my favorite my favorite memories of sixth grade with my favorite teacher, Mr. Palladino, was when I will not mention the, my my classmate's name, although I remember her name. She uh, had a had like a boombox, and she said, "Mr. Palladino, uh, can I, like it's uh, because it's like it's a class day or whatever. Like sometime during the class, can I like play this like uh, school Alice Cooper's School's Out for the Summer?" Right. And he said, "Why, yes, you can do that." And all of, all of us, all of us who are, oh, watch out! He's watch out, Chris. <laughs> like, you're 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 heading right into a trap. And so, like twenty minutes in, she's played, push the button. School's out for the summer. <laughs> and Mr. Palladino says that was very very funny. You're, you're getting to t- you're going to be staying after class and running on the blackboards. But you said I could do it. Yes, I said you can do it. Meaning you have the the physical ability to play that tape. I didn't say <sighs> you didn't ask if you may do that. And the rest of us were like, oh, you walked right into that. That's like, oh. God, teachers like that. Oh, no, man. well, see, the, you want a teacher like that where you respect, like, you, know, you know, fair Real play, fair. fair play. He did, so, he did, he did yeah. even like do that sort of like uplift on that. Yes, you can do that. 
Like, oh. Smirk, uh, smirk, smirk. Smile, smile, smile. We're even, we're, Don't worry, I will beat that hard on you. That's, that's, that was fair play. It's like, no, no. Mm-hmm. It's a, he, he, he deserved the win. That's why he remains my most beloved uh, middle school teacher. Well, thank you, Andy, for doing the notes this week. Really appreciate mm. it. Uh, thanks to our editor, Jim, for making us sound good every week. Really appreciate that. Uh, as for me, I do still have a website, florenceion.com. I really need to update it. People think I'm still freelancing. I'm not. <laughs> I work for Gizmodo now. I'm a staff writer there. I have an author page. Go see what I'm writing over there. I write like every day. I have to. It's my not job. Not like every day. Actually every day. It's like I good. actually write every day. Um, and then I'm on this podcast, which is great. So thanks, guys. I'm on another podcast. I'm also over there and over here. It's great. It's a good life. We're all doing fine. Everything's fine. Everything's honestly it's Everything's fine. just just fine. <laughs> was I convincing? It was. It was really good. That was I, great. I, I wear the mask of comedy well, don't mm-hmm, I? Mm-hmm. Uh, on that note, everyone, be safe. Have some fun. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you in seven days with some more. Bye. Bye. <laughs>